All right, so today we're going to talk about um, a little video uh, by Big Think yet again. I'm curious that I'm doing a series on these Big Think videos, which many of them are um, interviews with people who wrote books. And so I guess I'm taking the lazy way. I'm not actually reading the books. <laughs> I'm just watching the authors talk about their books. This particular video is called Why You Should Want to Suffer, and it's an interview with Paul Bloom. Paul Bloom's book is called The Sweet Spot, Suffering, Pleasure, and the Key to a Good Life. What Paul says is that suffering is needful and intrinsic in what makes for a good life. And he quotes, I think it is Alan Watts, where Alan postulates that if you were to be able to go to bed at night and have a vivid dream, uh, uh, what's the word, not, not vivid, a lucid dream, where you knew that you were dreaming. And you could control the dream and have all sorts of pleasure-filled experiences. You could choose to do anything that you wanted in that kind of superhuman way that you can do when you're dreaming, like fly or have all sorts of pleasure-filled experiences. He says, and then supposing that you woke up the next day and then went to bed the next night and had another lucid dream, this happened night after night after night so that you could fill your nights with just pleasure upon pleasure upon pleasure. But eventually what you would start doing is to is drumming up difficult experiences in your dreams. And what Alan Watts suggests, assuming I'm getting the right person, and that it was Alan Watts that he was quoting, it sounds like Alan Watts. Or maybe it's Watt. Alan Watt. Anyway. What he suggests is that we wouldn't want all pleasure. But after so much pleasure, we find ourselves wanting pain, wanting something to struggle against, something that would help us to learn, because it seems like we learn through suffering. This is something that Paul Bloom points out, too. And, of course, he, he views everything from kind of an evolutionary standpoint. And he kind of points out that this is what helps us to grow as organisms. There's this pain that teaches us, kind of teaches us what is good, what we want. Um, and then you'll have to watch the video because it goes more in depth into the counter side to that as well. But his point is that there is a great utility in this suffering, in this struggle. And that oftentimes the people who say that they have the most meaningful lives are the ones who have the lives, the careers, the pursuits, which involve great struggle. And of course, we can think of examples of this. Childbearing and rearing, serving one's country in the military, he said, is one of them. Teaching, uh, nursing and healthcare. And we see that this is a redeeming thought to find meaning in our suffering, to assume that suffering is useful, seems to be a prerequisite 
to a fulfilled life. Jordan Peterson talks about this quite a bit too. The idea that a meaningful life is not one that's filled with pure bliss. And if the reincarnation idea is correctly founded, the idea that we may come back and experience more than one lifetime, it seems to kind of indicate that, that there is a utility in this mortal world where we experience suffering, even great suffering, even the worst things that you can imagine. It almost appears that many people, when they get to beyond this life, beyond this body, which suffers, that after a period of rest, of rejuvenation in that divine world, in that world where we are not restricted by our suffering bodies, that people want to experience it again. And I believe that the only thing that I have to add to what Mr. Bloom said is the idea, and he may say this in his book, I haven't read the book, the idea that there can be meaningless suffering, that we can choose avenues and roads which will be difficult and arduous, but they aren't our roads. They are not fit for us. They are not the particular sacrifice that is needed. And in fact, we can choose a road of suffering solely for the sake of avoiding our road of suffering. There's a little snippet of scripture that I remember from my childhood that said something to the effect of, um, will I accept a sacrifice which I have not ordained? So this implies that there are certain sacrifices which will bring meaning and bring wholeness of the soul and union with the divine. And then there are certain sacrifices, suffering, which will not. Jordan Peterson talks about this when he speaks of Cain and Abel and the fact that both made sacrifices but one set of sacrifices were accept, was accepted and the other was not accepted. That's right. So I'll give a quick example. I've given this example before and I think I really loved it when I heard it because it so clearly um, made, this, uh, made this point clear. And it actually is um, a story that uh, Jordan Peterson's daughter told about when her parents got sick and she um, had a distinct intuition that it would last about two years and that that was what got her through much of the suffering that she had to go through. She said that at the time she wanted to just leave, she was considering just moving, getting away from it all, but that she decided to stay and all through her suffering, um, her two-year ordeal, she kept saying to herself, it's just two years, it's just two years. And then miraculously it ended at two years. So you could say that that particular suffering, that sacrifice was appointed unto her. And I mentioned this in a previous recording, what would have happened if she would have decided, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to go through this suffering. I'm going to go somewhere else. 
well, then she would have avoided the very sacrifice which she was called upon to suffer. And supposing she had moved somewhere else, she would have, she might have made herself very busy in pursuing goals and, you know, going down to the gym and exercising every day or, you know, taking really high, you know, intense um, jobs that would require a great deal of sacrifice and suffering. Um, she might have done all sorts of things to prove to herself that she was performing a sacrifice which was acceptable, but it would not be the sacrifice which was required of her. Will I, God, accept of a sacrifice which I have not appointed? So, Mr. Bloom is right on. It is important for us to accept our own suffering. And I think the way that we know if it is actually um, appointed unto us is if it brings that sense of fulfillment and meaning. Or do we find after all of our sacrifice that we are empty? If that's the case, then we have to retrace our steps back to the place where we got off track and repent of the thing that we didn't do somehow. Sometimes it's long past the opportunity. So we have to seek out the voice of the divine to know, okay, how do I make right the thing which I skipped over? That's my thoughts. Sounds like an interesting book. Very much appreciated what Mr. Bloom had to say about it. So that's it for today. Thanks so much. God bless you all.